Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. I'm Jaylee O'Loughlin here with my uncle, Father Michael O'Loughlin, and Father Nathan Goebel. Greetings. What up? <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is my, my beautiful and very smart and... <laughs> <laughs> Loving sipping our Dairy Queen drinks today. <laughs> Niece Shaley Lachlan, along with my sister in law Stacy, is going to be the laugh track in the background. <laughs> Hi, Stacy. She's really trying not to make any noise at all, but hopefully we'll hear her. That's my goal is that we hear Stacy at some point in the podcast laugh. <laughs> I actually think Stacy's more nervous than her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Remember watching those, uh, what was the little girl? Um, old, old time 50s. Little girl danced and sang Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. Yeah. There was a movie with Shirley Temple where in she was singing and dancing and someone asked her if she ever gets nervous and she said, Why would you get nervous? <laughs> and it was this uh, a very childlike simplicity like <laughs> you just perform. You do you do what you're good at. Yeah. That's how that's how our Shaley is. That's so right. so Shaley, uh, my sister in law's family, they have what they call a special day, and this is that um, they have four children. Shaylee's the oldest. She turned 12 yesterday. 12? That means I can go help you get a tattoo, right? <laughs> no. No? Uh, smoke? Nope. Drink? <laughs> nope. What's good right, about 12 then? slushies. I- slushies, okay. <laughs> Arctic freezer. We're, we're drinking our slushies today with 12-year-old Shaylee. Happy birthday. She had her birthday yesterday. St. Anthony the Great, Anthony the Desert. Mm-hmm. A good feast day. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so, and I thought, I still remember that. I was I was sitting with Grammy, you know Grammy. She's yes. our only, my only living grandparent. And she used to show me Shirley Temple movies all the time. And I was so inspired by that. I said, why why ever get nervous? And then later on, I read the Bible. And the Bible says, don't worry. God will take care of you. So, yeah. <laughs> the mom is like playing referee, like, while wow, this is all mom. going on. <laughs> In the background. Don't stir your drink. I almost, I was this close from going out and buying grenadine because I was going to make Shirley Temples. Ah, <laughs> there we go. Shirley Temples or Roy Rod, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those are, those are super good. But I was like, mm, I'm in the mood. They used to be called Mr. Misty's. Do you remember that? I don't. These drinks used to be called Mr. Misty's. Now, these are technically Orange Julius, right? When the two combine, or is this Dairy Queen? This is DQ. This is DQ. Okay. <laughs> I have, Sorry. I think I've never, I've never actually frequented specifically an Orange Julius. Okay. You're probably too young, but when I was a kid, they were separate, right, Stacy? Me? You're younger than me, too, though. How, how old are you, Stacey? You know what I'm asking. Uh, I'll be 32 next month. She'll be 32 next month. That's my age. There we go. Okay. So both of you were yeah, too we young. Yeah, we remember. <laughs> Stacy's just a lot more mature. Um, <laughs> Shaylee might not actually remember. She don't, you, she, Shaylee grew up with, with only Dairy Queen and Orange Julius combined. But I remember going to the mall, and there was no Dairy Queen at the mall, but there was lots of Orange Julius. Mm-hmm. And I just, in my head, I considered them so much healthier than Dairy Queen. And so it was kind of like, well, it has fruit in it. Right. Whereas Dairy Queen is just pure sugar. So. All right. Yes, yes. Okay, on to the topic. Finally. So, <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are a good listener. So, so Shaylee's the one I gave a shout out to when I first came on, and I was like, "So, Shaylee, how'd I do?" And she goes, "Well, it was kind of hard to follow." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, well, you you know us then. You know us then." So we were uh, Shaylee and I were talking last night um, about what she wanted to do for a topic. Oh, anyway, I didn't finish up. I'm, I got distracted. So Shaylee's here because they my special day, special day. My brother and sister law have a special day, so they have four kids, four children, and each child gets a 
day with either mom or dad. They spend the entire day, and that is their birthday gift from uh-huh. the parent, which I think is absolutely amazing. So <laughs> Shaylee initially just wanted to come and see the studio because she's an avid listener to the podcast. So <laughs> we, But I decided it would be even cooler to have her on because she'd be a great <laughs> podcaster. So we are, we are very glad to have you on, Shaylee, and thank you for wanting to do this for your special day. All what, right. Wait, what, what else is happening? Are you going to Casa Bonita? Are you... Um, tattoos? <laughs> we well, you can get a, a temp rest- tattoo. <laughs> we went. We went to um, a restaurant with Father Michael earlier. That's where we talked about the topic. And shh, shh. you you've been researching this for months. Yeah. <laughs> months. No, actually, I haven't researched this at all. Okay, honesty, <laughs> like near and dear to her heart. Okay, <laughs> it is. It is, and we did we did talk about it last night. Actually, we chose the topic last night when we were mm-hmm. hanging out, and then I did a little bit of research this morning. Shaylee did some research this morning, and we're ready to go. What uh, what restaurant did you it's go to? Be epic. Hoo hot. Oh yeah, hoo hot, <laughs> dude. My nieces love hoo hot. <laughs> do you make? Okay, do you make your own or do you trust the people like with the actual? Like they give you like recipes. I don't trust them. Oh. Okay, you're 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 an innovator. <laughs> so I didn't know you could get recipes. This is my first time there, and the way it was explained to me was you always make your own. <laughs> but there are they'll, you, they'll actually like have the waitress go make yours for you. Um, yeah. Oh. Sometimes. Okay. You can do like a prefab, pre-made like. If you want something that's like, you know, normal. I see. <laughs> you're an innovator. If you're uncreative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Truly Mongolian. All, All right. right. Um, so we decided that it would be good. And, and did Jessica come up with this? Who came up with this? Because we were talking about. Was, was it Stacy? Okay. We, we wanted to do. Shaylee wanted to do like roles in the church for children. Like, like what yeah. children can do in the life of the church and what children can do in the life of the liturgy. And then we just decided to go and to tap into the, of course, the ancient scriptural tradition of being childlike. So having right. a child on the podcast is going to be incredibly helpful with this. So that's where my research came in. Um, looking up at the various places in the mostly New Testament, a couple Old Testament, when Jesus encourages childlikeness. This is different, of course, than childishness. Um, childlike is is the – well, we'll define that as we go. That's the whole point of the podcast. But my initial thoughts is that – Father Nathan and I, in our appearance, are very childlike. <laughs> I have the whole head way too big for your body thing going on that, that are like children. And I have the body way too big for my head. <laughs> I was going to say the cute curly hair. Oh, that's okay. I, you, you, you went there. Father Nathan looks like a, a, a healthy baby. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the what is it, 99th percentile for, for three-year-olds. <laughs> All right, so I, I looked up places. There's pretty much um, in when Jesus is encouraging childlikeness, um, he two different times recorded in the in the synoptics um, where there is one you must welcome the little children, and then the I think the one to begin with is more you must become like a little child. So if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a little child. Jesus first encourages this because he says, um, if you want to be the greatest. This is hard for our kind of American modern ears to hear because normally you don't say, I want to be the greatest to get praised for that, and I guess unless you're playing in the NFL but or, or a boxer, <laughs> I guess, in the 70s. But, but you know, saying that, that you want to be the greatest is a virtue here because that's what can lead us into the receptivity of Christ's teaching. So when, when Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest, you must be the least. If you want to be the greatest, you be, must become like a little child. So in Luke 9 – we hear the basics. Whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For the least among you is the greatest. 
Um, the same thing happens in Mark 9. And then in Matthew 18, we kind of have the combination of those two concepts of you must welcome children and become like a little child. When we hear at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called over a child whom he put among them and said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Hmm. So what do you hear from that, Shaley? When you hear that we need to both welcome children and welcome the childlike and also become childlike ourselves, We need to welcome those who need help and need us to bring them closer to God and closer to us. She pays such good attention to my homilies because one thing I love about this, I love, by the way, she's a a parishioner of mine up in Fort Collins um, where they live. But one thing I love about this is that, yes, being childlike, Often, as if you ask people, when Jesus says both those things, you must become like a child and welcome the children. Being childlike means being humble, sincere, innocent, right? And I, that's all beautiful. But I, I heard from one of my professors and my further research that it actually means becoming very needy. It becomes yeah. being a parasite. When we need to become childlike, we become like the part of the child or, or the, the aspect of being a child that, 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 that refers to being the needing everything given to you, Right. You, you really can't do much for yourself. You can't do much to help the family. You need everything given to you. So that, that's what, what being childlike, I think, in this context is the greatest understanding. So like you said, Shaylee, we, we welcome the childlike. We welcome those who are needy. Oftentimes we don't – it's not – doesn't come natural to us. The loon. That's right. A rump. Live loon. That's um, I drink. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Me too. Sip out of the uh, the whiskey glass that's filled with uh, a. <laughs> right, you Queen. can cheers over there. Normally, we're too far away. Slancha, Shaley. <laughs> cheers. Clinky, really are too far away. Um, okay, awkward drinking pause. Um, <laughs> okay, wait a second. You just said that children are like parasites. They are. <laughs> All of them are, including wow, the one real, hit, sitting within smacking of distance of me. The pro-life culture, <laughs> but dependent, right? Right. They're they're, they're dependent upon another. For all of their sustenance. Correct. So imagine the most needy parasitic child you can imagine. At, 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 I don't at, like that word. <laughs> but you, you, you have to. <laughs> just trying to get Shaley to snap at me. Uh, Stacy to snap at me. So th- there's, a, but th- they're just needy. They drain you. I mean, this is, I know that both of us are. are we don't have children. Here. So we like the only, children. the only mom that's in the room is like, no, parasite is actually a good word. <laughs> <laughs> she says no. She's being too humble. Plus, she's super mom. So, <laughs> what should I say instead, Stacy? Oh, what is it called when you have a relationship where both are giving and both have to have each other? Symbiotic. So that's I think more. Of yes. It, you know, because you give so much for your child, and they need you. They really do. But then you get from them yes. as well, and you have to have that relationship. Hmm. And that's when parents who have lost a child. They realize how much they've lost. You know, right. they, they've mm. lost an entire part of themselves, and because it is this two-way, they are very needy. But then you become needy on what they can give you as well. Amen. I will never use that term again. <laughs> there yes. is a. It, <laughs> I hope. I hope they all just heard that. I, um, I could she, hear it in the, in the headphones. So, oh, you could. Uh, yeah. Okay. The, uh, I, I, I hope nice. So too. See, <laughs> she said she didn't want to be on the podcast until too late. I was like, like, <laughs> I've got a point. And she just said the deepest thing that they've ever heard on the podcast. Yeah, that ever, is. So, yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so what she said, if you couldn't hear clearly, was that, that 
parents and children have a symbiotic relationship, which is, of course, the, the better way of saying it than I was. Um, yes, children are needy, but the parents do get something out of raising children. I'm, I'm totally speaking for you here, but they get something out of raising children. They get something to, out of taking care of children. They get something even out of the burden, and that's what I want to go into later on. But but it is absolutely a symbiotic relationship. The parents get something out of it. The children get something out of it, and then she brought it home, and she said that that's why when you lose a child, yeah. unfortunately, God forbid, you are – you're missing so much. There, there's a real, a real existential help that you were no longer able to provide, and an existential help provided to you by your child. Mm. But there's when we say childlike, then in a sense there is a deeper reality about Christ's. We, you never want to say God needs us, but you know, unless you just listen to the podcast on you know Christmas. <laughs> That's what I just talked about. Who was your co-host for that one, Father Nathan? You. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. I, I, I was embarrassing myself by not remembering that. Yeah. Oh. So, so there's. So right. So, so God. You're right, and that comes from Balthazar. I'm guessing. Yeah. There, 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 there's a. <laughs> and the tradition, you know. <laughs> and the church and Jesus. Um. That the, there is a Jesus has decided and willed to need us. We shouldn't fight in front of the kids. That's I'm true. just letting you know. Skeletons out of the closet. Um. So there is a there is a, there Jesus acts and has decided and has willed to to alter his life to actually become a human being and to sacrifice and to suffer for us that looks very much like need because that looks very much like what what a, a, a you know a spouse does for their spouse what a parent does for a child and ideally what a child grows up learning about when Christ says though to become childlike it it is very much He's calling us into a relationship with himself and to have within our own relationships uh, the the desire to help those who are in need. So, and and that goes both ways because when when we welcome a child or someone who is childlike, then we're welcoming someone who is needy. It's so easy to only welcome the people that that fulfill our needs. It's so easy to only want to be around people who make us look better, you know, because of prestige or 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 just because they they're fun to be around. They make me laugh. They, you know, they don't have any issues. They don't waste my time in that way. But we should really be looking as as well, what do we say in companions, Father Nathan? Um, vulner, mutual vulnerability, mutual help and vulnerability, mutual yeah. help and vulnerability. That there is a symbiotic relationship in any community, um, and we need to understand that that happens with Jesus too. I was just reading a book by Matthew Paul and Anthony Bloom, um, and he was he was explaining how people kind of get frustrated with Jesus because he doesn't seem to be available in the way they want him to be available all the time, and so. He says, what, what, what human relationship is like that? What human relationship involves people wanting, you know, demanding availability from whoever they're in community with, demanding that availability and, and then saying, you know, you have to be available to me when I want you to be available. If we have that expectation of Jesus, even though that's true because he is always available to us, we're kind of denying the very interpersonal community type relationship we have with Jesus. Hmm. Um, whereas when we want to become childlike, we have to welcome those who are needy and vulnerable and, and, and need help every once in a while because, of course, they'll return the favor, God willing, if it's true community. Um, but also in our relationship with Christ, and I think that's that's what I'm getting at here is that in our relationship with Christ, we have to be – parasites we have to be needy we have to need him for everything we have to be childlike with him in a way that that is almost demanding because we cannot do this without him like well like a child in utero like a child in the womb it's not it's not able to provide something back to the 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 host the the mom the, the mom the the larger organism that is 
you know, organizing and developing this child. But it's a it's a separate reality. I mean, it's a separate life right. within them. But without the without the mother, it's not gonna you know it's not gonna survive. Another part about being a needy childlike person is, um, like you said, Father Michael. Uh, in a homily is needing what we don't deserve as in God's love and God himself. Right. So so the word mercy, which in our Byzantine liturgy we say over and over and over again, Lord have mercy. Jesus' prayer, of course, of all his mercy. Good remembering, by the way. You, you, may, you may be very proud that you're actually listening to my homilies. Um, it, uh, mercy means undeserved help. So when we're crying out for mercy, we're not only – we're in one sense going beyond the symbiotic because we're saying – I am. I cannot provide for you, Jesus, as much as you provide for me. And I think any parent would say that, even though Stacy was being very, very humble and, and, and thought, thoughtful on that. There, there is, in a sense, a child. I would imagine, again, not being a parent, a, a child needs more from the parent than the parent needs from the child, only because the a, a child, their parents are like gods. I mean, they provide everything for them, and, and the, the what they give back is the is is the less obvious helps the less obvious help of being able to be Christ-like in your sacrifice for your child Christ-like in your in your gift of yourself and your entire being to your child there was a great reflection a woman made in in back in the year of St Paul when I was reading these reflections on St Paul's writings and and she pretty much was reflecting on John the Baptist saying I must decrease that he may increase and she was talking about a baby in in her womb you know literally mm. as my baby increases I am decreasing my stomach's decreasing my lungs are decreasing like he's literally taking over part of my body you know that that used to be just mine and now there's this child in there this other being in there that's literally shrinking my insides and making it harder to breathe making it harder to eat making it harder to keep food down you know all these things because that child is uh is that is, true is, is... <laughs> holy cats <laughs> yeah they, they start pushing on all your internal organs and making it harder to function as a human being but that sacrifice is that the mother also makes why, at that point i mean is that why pregnant women pee more because they have pressure because <laughs> there's a baby sitting on their bladder okay yeah and punching their bladder and kicking their bladder wow all right yeah. there you go so so catholic stuff men need to know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure most men have hopefully heard this from their wives and had it explained to them so they don't become And part horrible. of part of what I think we're getting to is we're we're children have like the icon of a child has a better um a better way of understanding what is grace, you know? The the gift the gift that is received by uh the child is an undeserved gift, an unmerited gift. It's a free gift. And but it's 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 a gift that has to be received. I mean, you can't just have grace just out there for 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 no one. Like the love is intended for a person, for um, for a soul. And so to become like a child is to be one that is more capable of understanding what it means to be uh, in right relation with God, which is a right relation to His love, namely in grace, right in a state of grace. Yeah, the, the the worst thing that you can ever do at the end of like a fasting period, say at the end of Lent, is Jesus comes and says, I'm here to die for the forgiveness of sins. And you go, oh, I don't need that, Lord. Like, you know, I, I, I am not needy enough to need what you have to provide. So when Jesus dies and gives us everything, we need to yeah. be able to say, that's exactly what I need. I need everything. I need your very life. I need you to drain yourself completely for me. And, and we are not saved unless he does that. So when we 
when we become like children, we're saying, you know, a child says to their parent, I need to be your your everything right now. I need you to empty yourself completely for me, you know, and, and that's what Christ offers to us in a sense. So when we become childlike, we become the one who needs everything from Jesus. And mm. thank God that's exactly what he provides. And also um, needing Jesus means knowing that Jesus will give to you, mm. not not just relying on yourself for everything, also relying on Jesus. Yeah, and that that's what we call hope, right? Mm-hmm. We call it hope, and other the, the assurance that that we are going to be provided for in the ways that we need it. Yeah, I think because part of the reason why Jesus tells that gives that instruction is because the disciples are getting to a point where they're like, "No, I got this. Like, I've spent some time right. with you. Like, yeah. I've got this figured out. I really don't need you anymore. Like, um, I got this, and I'll be the greatest, right? Because like, I've got this figured out." And he's like, "No." Let me tell you, you need a child. And, you know. Yeah. I was already a priest a couple of years when I heard someone refer to when Jesus says, get behind me, you Satan, to Peter, right? When Peter says, oh, God forbid you should be crucified and died and rise. I, it, I was reading something like second or third year of priesthood when I realized that get behind me doesn't only, like I used to think I'd eventually like, get away from me, but it actually means literally get behind me. I was, I'm leading this. You're not. Yeah. You might be the first pope, but you're still following me. Yeah. So you get behind me. I will lead you. And then you lead others, you know, tend my sheep, you know, feed my sheep, et cetera. There's this, you will be a leader, but you always have to acknowledge that, that, that you are a leader behind me and you're leading in my name. So the gifts I give you don't just run with them. Another great reflection I heard was that um, just recently was that when, you know, we can wake up in the morning and we can start like by thanking God for the blessings of the day. But too many people will hear like will receive the blessings. And then what this author said, it's like the prodigal son. He just you run off with those blessings and squander them without thanking God, you know, in an ongoing way throughout the day. Be like a child. You don't you don't wake up and dress a child and get ready to go and then forget about him for the rest of the day, you know. Christ is with us 24-7 like the mother of an infant. Mm. We have a new infant in our family, little Isabel, little <laughs> Lachlan, which we talked about in the podcast last time. <laughs> Joseph uh, Joseph and Seska's little baby who is incredibly dependent, but she's one of the easiest babies too, isn't she, Shaley? <laughs> she is. Yeah. We're going to go see you after this. All right. Any other deep thoughts, Shaley? Um, I had one, but then I lost it. So <laughs> I distracted you, sorry. <laughs> what I do is I, I cross my fingers I cross my fingers and and hold it like this so that I'll hopefully like hold on to the thought <laughs> just for future reference. Right between those two fingers. So if I see your fingers crossed like that, I'll know. To, I'm giving you a blessing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> close, close. All right. Um, a couple other passages about Christ likeness that we didn't talk about earlier. Um, you must receive the kingdom of God like a little child, which means you must you must receive the kingdom of God as someone who is undeserving, like you said, Shaley, who is undeserving of the kingdom of God. We can never think that we are. And so when Christ says in in uh, Luke 10, 21, you must receive, nope, that's not it. That's my next point. Uh, Mark 10, 13, you must receive the child like a, uh, receive the kingdom of God, like a little child. That was received as one who is completely dependent upon the kingdom of God and completely dependent upon God to do that. Mm-hmm. Another one is to be needy you want to be a child you need to be needy but you also need to want to be needy you want you want to need god you don't want to be on your own you want to need god to give you everything that is a really good point because you never when you're a child you obviously become an adult at some point and you're Mm -hmm. not needy of your parents in the same way that you were when you were a child Mm -hmm. but in 
the way of faith and the way of the church, you you want to become more needy and actually better at being needy. I have never thought about that. Can I use that in a homily? Sure. Thank you. Appreciate that. Awesome. Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this came from the Holy Spirit and my niece, Shaylee. <laughs> Copyright O'Loughlin. That's right. Well, that, that's so humble of you. You got to put your name too or they'll think it's me. All right. Another one that I love, uh, Luke 10, verse 21 at the same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to the merest children. Mm. In other words, he's calling, he's, he's actually understanding how when Christ talked about childlikeness, he's complimenting the apostles and complimenting the disciples. He's complimenting his followers by saying they are children. In other words, what we, we want to be childlike, and when we say God reveals himself and his ways to the childlike, to those who are needy, to those who are innocent, sincere, etc. What he's saying is, is, so when Jesus says, oh, you're like an infant, and we go, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's very nice of you to say, right? <laughs> we don't normally think that way in the world, um, but it's true. So it, it's another way that that Jesus, in talking to his father, intends for us to be listening in and intends for us to say, if he's talking to his father and saying that his revelation, his goodness, his truth is revealed to children, now what does that make us want to be? We want to become more more childlike, um, again, sincere, innocent, but also needy and dependent. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what Luke is also saying there is to receive God, we need to, So I thank you, Father, because you have revealed these to infants. Well, the infants have to had been not distracted, or they'd have to be only thinking about God. Not that's another thing about being childlike. Not only thinking about God, not money or worrying about what you're going to do. Just knowing that God's going to provide for you. Like when your cousin and my niece Miriam, <laughs> I'm trying to hold her and take care of her and she sees her mom and she automatically wants to go over to her she is undistracted by me she is absolutely insistent upon only being carried by her mother and if her mother's nowhere to be found then she's fine with me but if her mother even walks into the room and she hears her voice all of a sudden he wants to go to her that is very much being non-distracted thank you Shaylee I like that you might have to be a return guest this is great this is great that's right we're branching out into a whole new audience it's like it's like uh Amen. Catholic stuff, Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic right. stuff, Junior. Catholic stuff, Junior. I, I wish like I had that. the what's it called, Gak? Gak splat. Yeah, like yeah. Freaking bucket of Gak just to like pull yeah. on you right now. <laughs> we never had we never had cable growing up, but I, I definitely had the Gak splat stuff, the stuff you could buy in the store mm-hmm. that you could just throw at the wall and it would splat because it was Gak. Yep. Somebody somebody put in an email the other day that they like all the 80s and 90s references that we have. That's all so I have. There's an 80 <laughs> There's an 80s and 90s reference for you again. Nickelodeon and and Gagsplat. All right, back to Jesus for two more things. Um in Romans 8 we hear, "For all who are led by the spirit of God." Am I boring you, Father Nathan? No, it's okay. Just, you know, two more things. Yeah. <laughs> then for it's all, four more shout-outs. Yeah, well, okay. That's true though. <laughs> All right, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. This is Romans 8.14. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If we are children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So, in other words, another inspiration to become childlike because 
child children are adopted we are adopted of the father therefore we can cry out and truly call him father so this is why jesus asks us to pray the our father etc because the more often that we use even the term father in prayer even if we're if we're speaking to god in kind of just laid back prayer unmemorized prayer we're just talking to god like he's with us because he is dwelling in our hearts if we can start using the term father in our prayer especially if we don't feel like we are childlike enough you know, if you have another title for God that you like using, certainly use it. But make sure that since since t- Father is a title for God that Jesus himself gave us, make sure that you're using that title in prayer. Even just talking to God, that you're using that term Father, because that in itself organically allows us to see ourselves as children of God. Because we don't use that title for God unless, you know, you're, you're not a father unless you have children, Right. So that I like that. That was the most awkward thing for me is when I first got ordained and my bishop sent me for five weeks to random parishes and people were calling me father. I'm like, I don't even know you. You know, it, it, I know that's true. It should be that way because we are spiritual fathers for them if we minister the sacraments. But it wasn't really till I I like the, ter- the term father and I treasured the term father was when I became a pastor. Mm-hmm. It was when I looked out at my people and said, I am the the spirit appointed bishop appointed father of this specific specific parish with these specific people so that's why you'll notice shaley calls me father which i think is dear even though we're we're, we're related my parents call me father because they're all my parishioners and in a very real way i am their spiritual father so i'm, I'm very very honored by that um but it's also the term that they use because it's not just a title because i went through this much school or whatever but it's really something that they've acknowledged to me that i can be their spiritual father as their as the pastor and shepherd of their souls we also call you Uncle Father Michael, so... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then I get both in Uncle Father Michael. I like that, exactly. I'm just Frunkle. <laughs> Frunkle, Nathan. Frunkle, it is. Yeah. I like that, too. All you've, right. done, you've done a lot of research, just so you know. like You have two more points because you've done a lot of research. Make it that is. point. Well, yeah. I, I have Virtus. Shout out to Oh, I see. Shout out to yeah. Virtus. You just type a name childlike and it pops oh, wow. up. Wow, I was going to say, I was like, man, he really like worked this over. He knows his Bible. His Bible. I, I'd, I'd put Father Brian Larkin to shame. Nobody can put Father Brian Larkin to shame. Except Father Brady Wagner. Okay. <laughs> they have the, the Bible memorized. And kind they, of, yeah. They pull it out to, uh, although what was that the other day? <laughs> we, were, we were at Lord's Day and I was asking a question. I heard it on the podcast about the uh, what I found out later with the Transcendentals. Yeah. I was going to use it in a homily for, uh, for beauty, truth. goodness, and truth. Yeah. And so I asked Father Nathan and... Father Larkin, Father Brian Larkin, like the other room, comes in and yells, Transcendentals. Yep. <laughs> and Father Nate's like, come on, I had that. It was the one time I could actually like answer a question. <laughs> All right. I think we got to everything. Yeah, we did. Except. What's this? Oh, oh, yeah. So, okay, real quick. Roles in the church. So, Shaylee, what, 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 do you, what have you experienced as roles that children can have in the church? You can use what we talked about this morning or just from your head. So, um, cinnamon since... rolls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, ever since I was seven, I did the troitza, which, for those of you who don't know, it's the three branched candle that, um, usually a seven or older year old girl stands, um, and holds to draw attention to the great entrance, the little entrance, <coughs> the, um, mm. The reading and the consecration. Right. So um, I did that for a while, and then I taught my sister and my younger cousin, and then I um, 
join the choir. So that's mm-hmm. so the traits in the choir. Also at our parish, um, the kids help set up um, before church. If they get there early enough, they help set up all the icons and the um, candles and everything. They also take them down, and it's really. Um, I know that for some of my siblings and my cousins, it's just fun. It's just a fun thing to do to take down these icons. Um, also, in some um, parishes, uh, they can be the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in the Denver parish, um, yeah. they're... If they, they can read it. and they can sing. You'll <laughs> chant it? We've never had you do that, Shaylee, but nope. we should. We should. Um, Shaylee does sing in the choir. You're in the choir, though. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another thing is, um, even if you're not doing any of these things, even if you're just in the congregation, you can sing. Because if little children are singing, the adults feel less embarrassed to sing. Because if the little children are singing, then there's no reason for everyone else to not be singing. Absolutely. Amen. So, quick quick background. So, we in the Business Together Church, we we only have... (laughs) Boys on the altar, only boys are altar service because serving at the altar is is a ancient step towards ordination to the priesthood. So okay. it was kind of like part along that step. So we only have boys up there, but um, <coughs> there, there's there's certain places where a choice, a three-branch candlestick can be brought to kind of emphasize the importance of this part of the liturgy, mm-hmm. especially before before we had pews. So pews are are, are very Protestant Reformation. Thing. Yep. Even the Roman Catholic Church. In the Western, yeah. And yeah, they didn't have pews. So so when there were no pews and people just kind of be gathered wherever, you know, wherever they kind of found them himself in the congregation, um, they would have someone in, in some Eastern churches um, carry this three-branch candle to the front, and that was kind of uh, an identification where if you're if you're milling around a bit, um, you know, pay a little better attention to this. So we have our right. our young girls in the parish will go grab a three-branch candle and come to near the near the altar. Um, near the iconostas during that time, we have our, our young girls do that, and Shaylee's become kind of a trainer <laughs> in the church for those training her most well. The outreach is mostly her siblings. <laughs> but the other thing she said, set up and take down, is we meet in a Roman Catholic parish at St. John the Twenty Third in Fort Collins, and we turn it from a Roman Catholic parish into a Byzantine Catholic parish as best we can. But then we have, of course, have to take it down at the end. So we have easels, and we have icons, and we have the the you know just the various accoutrements that you need to set up to make it a Byzantine church and. That used to be my dad's job, um, but he had a heart attack and then I think just <laughs> likes having you guys help out. So yeah. now we have a, a army of little kids setting up icons, <laughs> taking down icons, putting everything away. It's, it's really and beautiful. And he was inviting us to do it even before he had a, he had um, his, heart, um, his heart attack and his surgery. Um, we, after, um, after we kissed the crotch, cross at the end of liturgy, we would all go over and sit in the pew kind of by the side. And then after Father Michael was done, then everyone would just go up and, you know, there'd just be this swarm of little O'Loughlin kids going and <laughs> taking down everything. And yeah. And one thing I love about this, too, is that they're they're so aware. So, in other words, they won't even start to put things away until I'm done consuming the Eucharist. So if the Eucharist is on the altar at all, because I'll do that after the divine liturgy is over, if the Eucharist is on the altar at all, they all just sit in the pews, just waiting and praying and thanking God. And then as soon as they see me purifying the chalice so that they know our Lord has is, is been fully consumed. Then all of a sudden the army comes out and starts breaking down the church. So it's a beautiful moment for people to witness to. We're very aware of where the Eucharist is, where mm-hmm. Jesus is. And once he's been consumed, then we'll kind of do our labor. It's a very like, you know, we rest from our labors on the Sabbath when our Lord is present. And then we go to our labors when, when he is, is not as obviously present for the rest of the week. Do you have a labors. nickname for your team? We'll come up with one. <laughs> we will. What's the first thing you think of, Shaylee? I don't know. Um, a nickname, the 
We don't want to we don't want to say O'Loughlin's because it is mostly O'Loughlin's. Yeah. But but the we, we'll, Icon Army. Icon Army. I like that. That's a great name. Icon Army. The Tenth Choir of Angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they are little angels. Uh, some of them. Yeah, <laughs> you said it, Shaylee. You said it. All right, Bug. You go ahead and do the shoutouts. Oh, we're have. at shoutouts. Shoutouts. So I would like to shout out to my um, best friends Annie McGuffin and Kirsten Rankin. Um, they, Annie especially, has been um, Annie Kirsten have been my friend since I was very little, and you're still very little. <laughs> yes, I am, and um, <laughs> and. Um, I just like to shout out to them. Amen. They will love it. <laughs> they will love it. And maybe their parents will start listening if they don't. Do their parents listen? Um, oh, right they do? Then. Yes, okay. they do. Okay, they already listen. Seas people. Seas, that's <laughs> right. They, they they knew you were a deacon at Seas. Yep. Correct, Father Nathan? Yeah, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, for those who don't know. Exactly. S-E-A-S. All right, Father Nathan, go ahead and do yours. Cause oh, yeah? Emails at the end. All right, here we go. Another Christmas card. Handwritten. Handwritten. To the fathers, Merry Christmas. Thanks for making the Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast. My friends and I love it. Please accept the enclosed Rumble Buddies, a.k.a. (laughs) Battle Beasts, as a token of my appreciation. They can protect the loon clock or whatever you'd like them to do. With gratitude, George Gehring. More 80s and 90s references. (laughs) He's from Poway, California, which I have no idea where that is, but I'm going to have to check it out. And here's our Rumble Buddies that they sent. I want the one with the duck. It's like a duck with like a dagger in his hand. Speaking of childlikeness. Yep. (laughs) Got a duck. I want the duck. (laughs) What? I want the ducks. (laughs) Yeah, you you can have the walrus. Okay, I'll take the walrus. (laughs) Nice. Amen. And then there's an antelope. All right, Stacey. George. Thanks, Stacy. Shoutouts. Father Nepple will be so excited. He was the one that likes the Rumble Buddies. That was he. That was before my time. <laughs> Stacy, anybody? Stacy wants to shout out her her husband Christopher, my brother, loving father. And of course, little Isabella. Little Isabella, our our newest niece. All right, uh, shoutouts from me. A quick couple quick emails from. Kevin Wessa says for my diocesan brother William Gable and myself who rely on your podcast as we make the 8 to 11 hour drive back and forth from our seminary in Miami to our home diocese of Pensacola Tallahassee Florida's a big state check out 11 hour drive what's the name of the water water boys check out water boys some of our our prayerful sponsors that sent us t-shirts and hats is that in that's in that's in Florida that's in Florida somewhere in Florida all right. Um, also, Ian Scoose in Sydney, Australia. I think that's how you pronounce it. Oh, yes. He's a great guy and loves doing puzzles, jigsaw, binary, Sudoku, crosswords, etc. from Giselle. And he's Oscuro. on Catholic Match. <laughs> I don't know. Why is that guy telling us this stuff? <laughs> he's a shout out. But, hey, did you check the Facebook page? We've, we've gotten emails and Facebook. Yes. You are a... Bogan. Bogan. Yes. Is that how you say it too? I was trying to like. I'm a Bogan. Australian from I'm a total Bogan. Bogan. Australian redneck. That means redneck. Redneck. I see it. He's got his mullet. All right. Thank you, Ian. (laughs) Karen Ortner requests to my very manly man's man husband, Brian Ortner, who is the fiercest protector and sweetest daddy I know. Let me read that again. To my very manly man's man husband. Okay. I, I don't quite follow what that's He's saying, trying but. for 2016 <laughs> Catholic Hipster of the Year. Yeah, right. 2017. Take over for John Leyendegger. John Leyendegger <laughs> actually gets to he gets to choose the five or six that, that then get voted Sick. on. So 
think about this guy, uh, Brian Ortner, when you're thinking. All right, finally one um, from Mariana Nguyen. Whoops, I've always, what? Pronounced win. I've been saying that wrong my whole life. Mariana Wynn. N-G-Y-U-Y-E-N. Win. See, they put the pronunciation on there and I mess it up anyway. Uh, shout out to a good group of friends who introduced me to this podcast, Ed and Amanda Clark, Brian and Andrea Logue, and Jed and Melanie Shaler, Shaler, something like that. I haven't seen them in months and I miss them dearly. All right. Shout out from your good friend, Mariana Wynn. All right. All right. Thanks all for listening. Happy Th- birthday. Happy birthday, Shaley. Thanks <laughs> Thank for coming you. on. Thanks for being an observer, Stacy, and Thanks. not yelling at me too much during the podcast. <laughs> or snapping. <laughs> or snapping. <laughs> doing her mom things. Thanks for letting me come on here. It was great. Of course. It was great having you. Catholic stuff you should know. Oh, Catholic stuff podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. Catholic stuff you should know on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Love you. Bye. Laters. Laters.